This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this show's for you. Hi there, I'm Laura Cave, Head of Marketing here at Brella, and I'm here with my Chief Revenue Officer, Mike Zarillo, for Better Benefits episode number 27. Today, we are so excited to welcome Will Young to the show. He's co-founder and CEO of Sana Benefits, which if you're not familiar, is a new kind of tech-enabled health plan that helps small and medium-sized businesses save on costs while offering great benefits. Mike, I know that employer groups are a lot more likely to be looking at cost increases from year to year when they're looking at their group health benefits. So the promise of a decrease in costs, you know, really has my ears perked up. And so I just was wondering if you could tell us, you know, how you, how did you come across sauna benefits and, and how significant is it what they're doing? Hey, Laura. Yeah, for sure. It's great to be hosting another episode with you. And uh, I've been looking forward to this one. I had a chance to uh, meet the folks at sauna benefits Last year, we were both sponsoring a uh, HR event in Texas, and and it was just really clear that they were bringing in energy to the business, certainly to the product and service that they're delivering in the market. And you know, I gravitated towards it uh, a because it felt like we were aligned similarly as as a you know newer player in this space, but also their value prop was was pretty compelling. And, and I know we talk all the time here about how health insurance premiums and deductibles have you know, really outpaced household income growth for decades. And and so anyone who is driving down costs, you know, captures my attention uh, for sure. And what I appreciate about Sana is that they're not just using technology to create a better health benefits experience. You know, they're they're doing that and they're also reinventing the way health benefits are packaged and administered. And of course, that has a positive impact on, on bringing costs down. And I don't believe that taking traditional plans digital is going to create enough efficiencies to to bring costs down. So the fact that they found other ways to offer health benefits to small and and mid-sized companies that is bending that cost curve is obviously really impressive. Yeah, well, I know we're going to let Will dig deeper into exactly how they're doing that, so we won't steal too much of his thunder. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him, and we'll let him tell us more about it. You got it. You got it. Okay, so it's a real honor to introduce Will Young. As Laura mentioned, he's co-founder and CEO of Sana Benefits, where he's been for the past four years. Previously, he was director of operations and wore many hats at JustWorks, which he helped grow from 10 employees to over 170 when he left a few years later. Will is a graduate of Harvard Business School, and he's based in Austin, Texas. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. So we, we like to start off uh, our discussions with uh, you know, asking you to share a little bit more about your professional journey you know, from JustWorks to co-founding Sauna. How did you become sort of passionate and in, in ingrained in benefits? Yeah, um... You know, I, I think you mentioned it in our sort of preamble to the the, the podcast. Uh, but you don't you don't sort of grow up as a kid wanting to be in in insurance or, or healthcare or employee benefits. And uh, you know, my my journey, like so many others, is sort of you you find yourself 
gravitating towards it over time. And uh, the path isn't, isn't a direct one. You know, I, I think the most sort of direct path that you could, the line you can draw to where I am today was I was in business school and I got really interested in the secular shift to, to SaaS, right? So software as a service, moving from on-premise solutions to uh, cloud-based solutions and how that enabled the sorts of services that large companies had access to, to move down market to small businesses. So all of a sudden, small businesses were getting tools and services made available to them through the cloud that previously had only been available to large businesses. And I, I thought that was a really fascinating trend. And in general, I was sort of looking at different domains where that was happening. And I, as part of my exploration, I discovered this startup called JustWorks uh, in New York. I, I met with one of their investors and I, I was you know, got excited about the potential for doing something like that for employee benefits. Uh, so JustWorks is a, a PEO, which is they offer payroll and, and benefit services to small and medium businesses, some outsourced HR, tax management, that sort of stuff. And I got really excited about the vision there. It aligned with what I sort of saw as a secular change in what was happening across the technology industry, but specifically within employee benefits. And uh, was also really inspired by the initial team there and the founder there, Isaac. And I got to join really early and, and see what it takes to build a tech company from that small early stage into... I left after they raised their Series C and were more of a growth round, growth stage company. So I got to learn how you build a company like that. But then I also got to know this problem really well of uh, health insurance costs are incredibly expensive for small businesses. It's a huge pain point. You know, in the U.S., we have this this odd thing where employers are responsible for for offering their employees health health insurance and are you know the conduit for care, uh, and it is such a burden for for those businesses. And at the same time, there was not nearly as much innovation in that domain as there there, there is in in other in more sort of ancillary lines. You know, I, I heard you say this is episode twenty seven or something, right? You know, so you've had twenty six other benefits plans on this podcast, and I, I'm sure it ranged from you. Know, life insurance and 401ks and you know HSAs and I saw all this innovation you know dental insurance and there's so much innovation happening on all these ancillary coverages and I was sitting at JustWorks running operations looking around for where's the healthcare innovator where's the health insurance plan that is going to offer a better small business health plan and I, I was disappointed with the options options that were available and also really impressed by the scale of the potential for for that business, you know, just seeing how important it was to individual companies, and then looking at the total market and thinking, how can nobody be addressing this? And that was the uh, the kernel of of the idea that led to me and Nathan, my co-founder, uh, who also was at JustWorks, starting Sauna. Well, like you said, we've had twenty six prior episodes, and no one has said they woke up and intended to be in health <laughs> benefits. So, <laughs> um, yet here we all are. <laughs> And uh, I think it's really clear, you know, from your story, how you got, you know, hooked on solving this problem in a better way for the, you know, hundreds of thousands, of, if not millions of small and medium sized businesses that are a, a major source of health benefits for Americans in our country. So it's really exciting. You touched on that, that this is, you know, especially different difficult in the small to medium sized business market. And I'm wondering if you could dig a little bit deeper into what some of the problems are in that space when it comes to health benefits. Oh, wow. You know, there are there are so many. I, I think you could sort of 
bucket the problems into a few different categories. You know, one is looking at the most immediate is, is distribution, right? So, you know, we have it's hard to bring innovative products out to market. You know, I think a lot of your audience likely includes brokers and there are some forward thinking brokers out there and we love partnering with them. But there's this, uh, there's not, most carriers don't form a direct relationship with their customers and it's often hard to push innovation out uh, into customers' hands. And so distribution is a, there's a lag that, there isn't in other industries, which I think slows slows things down. There's also, uh, you know, moving further up the stack, there's, you know, regulatory hurdles. It's hard to bring a new carrier or a new insurance solution to market and get all the licensing in place and get all the statutory capital. So there's financing and, and regulatory burdens. And then there's technology hurdles. You know, a lot of the old carriers uh, have um, legacy systems that are written in COBOL and, you know, it, it, they're just... They, they're not set up to integrate innovative new solutions quickly. And, and then healthcare itself is such a, uh, there are so many different pieces of it that are broken from, you know, pharmacy benefits to facilities to the plan designs themselves. There's just, it, it's not one thing that, um, that is broken. It is a, a bunch of different things. And I think one of the reasons why we're able to you know, bring a higher value product to market is we've really thought holistically and built an integrated solution that addresses these things, and particularly one that can then serve small and medium businesses. So, we're, you know, we are working with brokers that serve that market. We're also selling direct in some cases, and you know, thinking about distribution as well as pharmacy benefits and all the different pieces that that go together to actually deliver value ultimately to the customer. You know, we've thought holistically in an integrated way. Yeah, I would. I, I think that's an interesting point around distribution, right? And, and getting good products and services into the hands of employers is, you know, it, it, it's not easy. Uh, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of options. It can be a bit of overload. It could be a bit of, you know, how do you make heads and tails of everything that, that are out, everything that's out there. And I, I do think the role of the broker and that channel that you're playing is critical. And, you know, even for us to some extent, right, we're a new product in a space that's truly filled with dozens and dozens of, of uh, traditional or conventional type products and, and getting our broker partners grounded in what we're doing, um, you know, requires a little extra effort, uh, you know, as we, as we think through that. So you've got to have a compelling value prop. And, and it certainly sounds like you, uh, you, you do. So I'm, I'm curious if we could, you know, dig a little bit further to, you know, how, how are you a- addressing, uh, you know, the issues that, you see as top of mind for your employer clients. Can you give our audience a sense for, you know, how, how you're making that happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the value props we lead in with are significant cost savings, great benefits, great service. And there are specific ways that we do that. You know, the way we manage our network, we lean on innovative network solutions like reference-based pricing for facility claims. With, you know, pharmacy benefits, we we have a transparent PBM partner in Smith RX instead of sort of a, a more opaque, more traditional PBM partner. We also invest in a lot of automation on the back end. So our administrative costs are lower and we can deliver you know, more value for lower cost internally. So th- there's a number, you know, I think one of the other exciting things that we do is we partner with the next gen care solutions like Ginger for mental health or Maven for maternity care or Vita for also mental health, but also chronic disease management and things like you know weight coaching. Uh, so we were an integrator of all of these modern solutions uh, and bringing them down market. So you get something that feels more modern, better quality, while also getting a plan that is 
uh, really cost effective. And so there's sort of the actual ways that we do that. But, you know, something that, you know, Mike and Laura, you mentioned in the preamble was that there was sort of a values alignment in addition to the actual value prop that we have for our customers. And I think that's that's a really important thing as well, is we just, we approach building these plans differently than I think a lot of the legacy carriers do, where we start with thinking about what's best for the customer or the patient. And how do we build a health plan that delivers an experience that's better for that person, one where they feel guided and taken care of? And there's some core principles that we built our health plan around being proactive, making sure that care happens in high value settings, emphasizing trust, you know, high trust uh, at, at every touch point with our teams that when there are opportunities to educate the, the member, they're open to that. And then investing in technology where it makes sense to lower cost or to provide a different medium for care, whether that's telemedicine or digital sensors uh, that are connected to your phone and, and allowing you to have asynchronous care with a with the care team. We really try to embrace those next gen solutions. So yeah, it's a mix of very discrete value propositions that I think are conventionally understandable by brokers. You know, we're saving money and the plan designs are really rich and, and better. But behind that is a system of values that it sounds like you know the folks at Brella share. And I think we're sort of similarly minded that there's a different cultural platform that we built our product on that you can that shines through in how we interact with our customers. So Will, can can you what you've described, right? It feels like you've packaged and, and sort of bundled a lot of what maybe the more traditional larger players in this space are bringing to the table. And sounds like you're doing that through some partnerships. And I'm just curious, maybe if you could give our audience a view of, you know, how are you tying the knot maybe between all of those those partnerships and services that deliver a much better experience for your, your members and, and, and employers? You know, is it through technology only? Or so how do you kind of keep all of that connected in an ecosystem that brings the value you're, you're, you're seeking? Yeah, I think the first thing that when I was new to healthcare, I was sort of thinking, how do I create value in this this ecosystem? And the first thing that I had uh, hurdle I had to get over that was this exciting moment was there's really an opportunity for a free lunch in healthcare, where oftentimes better care and better benefits also lowers costs ultimately. And so if you look at all of these digital care solutions, that picking one, you know, uh, Vita. So Vita, if you you reach out and do a free consultation with their team and you qualify for a program, manage weight, for instance, they'll send you a Wi-Fi scale and a Fitbit, and they'll give you a program and coach you through helping you manage your your weight loss program, right? And it feels amazing. It feels like you've got this uh, sort of concierge uh, team that's helping nurture your specific care journey. Uh, And it feels amazing as the member, but also it you know, defrays downstream costs. You're far less likely to have, you know, an acute event at a hospital later. You have channels where you know that you have support if you ever need it, either for mental wellness or, you know, when you do have health issues. So you're sort of pre, you're laying the groundwork for future conversations. And and so actually you can offer something like Vita and it'll be cost neutral or cost beneficial for the health plan. So that insight across a bunch of different care categories, whether it's muscular skeletal or maternity care or pharmacy benefits, that logic actually applies across all these different care categories. And so once you have that insight, then it becomes, okay, well, how do you integrate that stuff and communicate it effectively to your members such that you get the engagement? And we actually have a team internally. This is all they do. They focus on who do we partner with? How do we prove that there's good ROI? And then how do we drive engagement with the appropriate users? And sometimes that's looking at 
the you know diagnosis codes and notifying people. Oh, hey, we've noticed that you or someone in your family is pregnant. Like here is op- options for you to you know, change your care path. You know that we make available to you. So part of it's reactive to diagnosis codes. Part of it is we just have a really thoughtful product marketing program where we're marketing these different solutions to members who could potentially use them. Part of it's building it into our user interface. And underlying all of it is a plan design that makes this zero cost to the member to really promote usage and to show people that we value them engaging with these these programs. So it's a combination of different implementations that within our product and service in an integrated way that result in getting, you know, the the outcome that you hope for. Yeah, I was going to say, Laura, I, I love that concept of of the free lunch. Um, it, it's it's spot on. I, I give you guys credit for finding ways to pull that all together. That's terrific. Go ahead. Sorry, Laura. Well, and and I really appreciate what you're doing by bringing, you know, best in class support across some of these different verticals together. Maven and Ginger have both been on the show and we've gotten to hear a lot about what they're doing and the path to parenthood and mental health services are, you know, incredibly rich areas where healthcare is so needed and guidance is usually so slim if you don't have a specialized solution for those things. And with Vita, it sounds like you're doing real preventive care, not just a physical a year, but actual physical fitness. That's right. And I'll say with Maven and Ginger in particular, you know, this is a point where I think the distribution layer of our benefits ecosystem is actually really problematic for small businesses because small businesses can't buy Maven. You know, they can't buy Ginger. Maybe there is a path to do it, but that's certainly not how those solutions get to market. They go to large employers and sell large self-insured plans on their benefits offerings. And so you have this world in the US where large companies get access to these amazing solutions as a function of how we've set up benefits distribution, not because small companies couldn't benefit from from those offerings. And so when we when we encounter companies like Maven and Ginger and Vita, Blueberry Pediatrics and uh, you know, Dispatch Health and Second MD. We have we have this whole ecosystem of partners that are doing really great work, and what's it's so fulfilling because we get to integrate and distribute those to all of our customers, and and that's just a really fulfilling thing. Even though it's not our work directly, you know, all these other partners are doing the amazing work, but we get to give small companies access to it, which is you know exciting. That's really exciting. And I'm sure on the employer side, on the employee side of things, as a member joining all of this, you know, you'd have to enroll in you typically it's like your health plan and then this other thing and then dental. And like by the time you've spent hours doing your annual enrollment, you just don't want to use you want all of it to go away because it's a train. <laughs> right. Yeah. With everyone. We don't give them the choice. They're getting these great solutions as part of uh, signing up with Sana, you know, and, and that's there's some advantages to doing that for not only the experience the enrollment experience as you point out, but also from being able to blend the cost across a bigger group. There's some, you know, there's some benefits to bundling as well on our side. And this is sort of noodly, but it's in my mind. How does cost sharing how do you guys handle cost sharing with with your employee members when you're bringing costs down across the board? You're bringing in all these great new solutions. You know, in the past, a lot of the the lower premiums has meant higher deductibles on the back of the employees, but we know that that right. causes a problem with utilization. So, I, I wonder if you could speak to how you're handling that. You know, if we this is something where I had one idea coming in, Nathan, my co-founder, and I. Both had one idea coming in, which is that 
eventually we were going to get everyone onto a single sauna plan that was like a zero deductible plan with zero out of pocket. And if people followed the different you know offerings that we made available to them, that they'd never pay anything else. That was that was our sort of dream. We were going to get everyone to that that point. But it turns out that that's not how the market operates today, right? You know, most companies, if they have a you know two thousand dollar deductible plan, they want to compare your rates against you know apples to apples, right? They want to see a two thousand dollar deductible plan compared against their two thousand dollar deductible plan, and uh, and that's just the reality. We were going to market, and we were trying to sell employers on the value of these rich plans that didn't cost share with employees, and they were having trouble comprehending. Like we were basically asking them to do like an actuarial analysis of like our benefits versus you know the other ones, and and then also make a decision to bear more of the cost burden as a company on a relative basis, which can be very hard for for small businesses in particular. So we evolved to a different strategy, which is we're going to map on the conventional levers, deductible, coinsurance, out-of-pocket max, we'll we'll map to what what the market is, is showing us is what customers want. But where we can, we are going to be as generous as possible. So you know, we give access to really high quality Sonicare providers. We call that that ecosystem digital care vendor Sonicare. We give access to that ecosystem at zero cost. We also give access to conventional providers like, you know, we have these centers of excellence that we can give people access to through Edison, which is one of our partners, and we make those available at zero cost. So we, we try and be very generous where we can, but the plan designs are going to look somewhat conventional in how they're structured. I see. In order to be competitive. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so obviously last year, what you guys have been up to, you know, at this for several years now, and I'm curious what the impact of the pandemic was on your business over the past year, any trends you're seeing as far as, you know, we heard a lot about a decrease in utilization of healthcare services in 2020, would that rebound in 2021? And anything on the employer side in terms of, moving toward adopting a, a model like this that, you know, potentially offers more virtual care as, you know, that's been a big trend. I'm just curious, like, how, how has the formula shifted a bit for you guys? Sure. Yeah, we, we definitely saw similar things to what other healthcare uh, providers saw, which is a general decrease in utilization because people weren't getting elective surgeries. They weren't going to the doctors often. It was also a very difficult time for most people. And there were a small number of our members that got really sick. And fortunately, we could be there for them and, and supportive. And um, it was also an opportunity for us to um, be there for our members uh, with, you know, proactively offering access to these mental wellness solutions. You know, mental health was something that took a toll on a lot of people during the pandemic. And fortunately, we have this both, well, actually, we have three solutions now that offer Mental wellness, Ginger, Vita, and Plush Care are uh, our telemedicine partner. Uh, all three of them offer virtual mental mental health uh, treatment and uh, and coaching. Um, and so, making sure that members were aware of that and that they had outlets in case they were feeling depression or suffering in other ways. Uh, so we could be there for our members. That was helpful. And I think on from the business standpoint, this made healthcare top of mind for a lot of a lot of companies. And so, you know, it certainly helped us in our messaging and small businesses, you know, the economy went through some tough times, you know, we had all these PPP loans, and you know, employers were counting dollars, making sure that they 
could sort of survive through this period of reduced activity. And so our messages of we'll take better care of your healthcare and we'll save you money. Like that was helpful. So we we grew our team and our business fairly substantially through the pandemic, basically tripled both our employees and our our customer base. So it was, you know, there was some really, you know, there was a silver lining to our business, this, you know, dark time for for the country. Yeah. We've heard quite a bit of that, that, you know, it's certainly, you know, it, w- it was a terrible thing to have had it happen, but it has accelerated some trends that have improved adoption of, of new tools that I think hopefully will, you know, continue to bear fruit for, for us long-term. Absolutely. Yeah. Particularly the shift to telemedicine, I think is one that uh, um, we just, we pulled the future forward by several years at least, um, which is, which is wonderful, I think. So what else, Will, is on the radar for, for Sauna when you look out into, you know, the, the rest of this year or over the next couple of years? Anything able to uh, share to give our audience a sense for what's on the docket? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first is growth, just continuing to grow really quickly. Today, we're in three states, Texas, Illinois, and Kentucky. We can serve members nationwide, but the, the companies themselves have to be in those three states. And so one key dimension of growth is state expansion. I don't think I have anything I can announce today, but but we are looking at rapidly expanding our geographic footprint. There should be news coming out to that effect in the next um next couple quarters. And, uh, and, you know, that's also, it's important for our team to keep scaling up and it's important for our mission because uh, the market is so huge that we basically have to keep growing incredibly fast in order to have the kind of impact we want to have on our, our healthcare system. I'd say the other thing that is really exciting to me as, as a founder is we are transitioning from being a health plan to being a health provider, healthcare provider. So in, uh, in the fall of this year, we're launching a primary care clinic in Austin. And that clinic, is, it's going to be made available for free to all members that are not on high deductible plans. So all our members that are based in Austin, they're going to have access to what feels like a sort of concierge advanced primary care clinic where they're, we're much more proactively reaching out to members, helping to guide their care, creating a, a space where they can build a relationship with a provider. And it's it's the first, it's the tip of the spear for what I hope will be uh, increasing investment in us becoming more and more of the actual integrated payer provider for our, our customers. Because that's you know, shifting our healthcare system away from a sort of fee-for-service, opaque, impersonal uh, journey into something that is much more personal and personalized for you and one that's oriented more around value-based care. That that is that is where we think the future has to be. And we want to be the agent of providing care in a lot of, in a lot of contexts. So we're starting that transition, and I'm I'm really excited for us to start taking those steps. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can imagine the efficiencies, and more importantly, the health outcomes that benefit from a, a more integrated model like that. That's really exciting. Yeah, and it goes back to the the free lunch concept. Uh, you know, if you look at how you, if you look at our ex- expenditures on healthcare in the U.S. versus other countries, we spend far less, about half, on primary care and preventive care relative to what OECD countries spend. Right, we're really underinvest in primary care, and I think a lot of that is driven by the fee for service system, where we just don't, you know, value the services of primary care very much uh, monetarily, and so you know, PCPs can't spend the time they need with each individual patient. And they don't get financially compensated for, you know, reducing expensive outcomes downstream. 
And so as a result, just the incentives of the system result in suboptimal behavior. So we have to change the compensation model to allow doctors to spend more time with patients and to care about the downstream outcomes. And then you'll, I think we'll see, start to see our system evolve to having more, much more investment in primary care. So I, our belief is that there's a free lunch there as well, just by shifting more care into the primary care setting. So interesting. That's great. Well, we've got one more question for you. And it's a question that we ask all of our guests because building something new is hard. It takes tremendous leadership. And you as a person bring a lot of experience and wisdom to your role every day and as a guest on the show. So I'm wondering if there is a book or a resource that had a profound impact on you in your personal sort of professional growth journey that you might want to recommend to our listeners? Absolutely. I think the most the most powerful book that I ever read, well, it's two books uh, that go together. One's called The Innovator's Dilemma and the other's called The Innovator's Solution. And it, these books were written by one of my professors in business school, Clay Christensen, who passed away actually, sadly. But he, what these books demonstrate convincingly, is that it's quite hard for large companies to innovate. So he lays out the sort of the theory and the the underlying mechanisms that actually make it hard for large bureaucratic companies to do something disruptive to their core business model. And he says it's not because they're incompetent, it's actually because they're exceedingly competent, but they're just aligned against a sort of local optimization that means they don't get to the global optimization of building something truly innovative and different. And what that what those books did for me was they opened my eyes to why startups work. It gave me this framework and this foundation that you know we could as a small scrappy startup that was just me and Nathan, you know, 4 years ago, we could say, "Hey, we're going to take on United Healthcare someday. We're going to take on Aetna." And I could say those things to, you know, we could say those things to each other and to our employees and to investors. We could say those things with an actual sort of rational foundation for why it would work and why we would be able to win these, you know, win share against these incumbent carriers. So they're great books. And and Clay himself is just a, a really, uh, I think, deeply moral and, you know, intelligent person. And so he's worth listening to and reading the books as well. They were really influential on me and, and eventually on our strategy that we, we picked at Sauna. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to put those links in our show notes so people can find those titles. That's that's really, really fascinating. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We've really appreciated your commentary. And it's so exciting to hear what you're building at Sauna Benefits. I know that we'll be, you know, watching what you guys are up to and cheering you on for sure. Appreciate the opportunity, Laura and Mike, and and appreciate getting to know more folks in our our tribe of uh, people that want to take care of of, uh, making the benefits ecosystem better. So, So thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. So Mike, um, you know, as is always yet another really fascinating conversation, I'm wondering what are a couple of things that stick out to you as key takeaways? Yeah, a couple things. You know, I, I think Will's comments around sort of cracking the code on distribution and finding ways to, to bring up product or service like Sauna's delivering to the small to mid market space having spent time in this world for some time, I know that's not easy. And I think they've really done a terrific job in developing a well-rounded value prop, right? That allows them to kind of get to that to that spot. And the other thing for me was this idea of the free lunch, you know, and, uh, you know, being able to deliver a much better experience, you know, across the, the ecosystem of uh, services that they've pulled together at the same time, you know, driving down costs, right? I mean, at the end of the day, 
you couldn't ask for a better scenario uh, in, in doing that. So uh, really, really uh, thought that was that was good. How about for you? Yeah, you know, I really appreciated what Will articulated about how a lack of direct relationships can sometimes create a lag on innovation. I think that, you know, if you've got a really close relationship with a benefits advisor and employer client, and the three of you are aligned in creating a solution, that can be a really beautiful thing. But when you're distant from your customers, whether that's because there's someone that's a distribution partner in between you and your end customer, or if that's just because you're not listening, um, it can be very easy to get out of alignment with what the market really needs. And so I know that's something that I personally think about a lot in my role here at Brella. You know, how do we listen as much as possible? And that's part of our DNA. I mean, our benefit was designed with qualitative research and human-centered design thinking behind it to really make sure we understood the problems and we're creating real solutions. So that's exciting to, to hear that they have that in mind. And the other thing that was, I think, so fascinating about what Will said was that, you know, sometimes we have to meet the market where it is in order to make solutions that work economically. You know, if we're sitting on health plans that include cost sharing and the, those premiums reflect that, maybe that's what we have to keep doing while we work our way towards bringing costs down for employers and employees. You know, but then there are also opportunities that we have to create new alignment of incentives. And I love what he talked about with respect to changing healthcare such that it's profitable to do preventive healthcare. That's, you know, going to be a big factor in ultimately bringing costs down and moving away from the fee-for-service model that has ballooned all of our costs the way that it has. So in any case, you know, Brella is here to help bridge those gaps. And and so it's exciting to think about uh, the kinds of collaborations that can start to happen. So in any case, if any of you listening would like to connect with Will and the team at Sana Benefits, you can visit their website at sanabenefits.com. You can request a quote. There's also contact information on the site and, and, and they'd be happy to hear from you. I will also add a link to their website as well as the titles that Will mentioned in our show notes, which you can find on joinbrella.com slash podcast. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch with Mike or learn more about Brella, visit our website at joinbrella.com or email us at sales at joinbrella.com. Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zarillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.